Hello, Keith. Hello, Andrew. How are you today? Oh, I'm pretty, pretty good. Episode 16. Yep. Here we go again. Here we go one more time. Um, so what do you got? Got some AV news for the week of whatever the week is? Well, we're, we're 10 days out to our CDA Expo. Australian CDA Expo. Australian. In so. Brisbane this year. Handy. Local to us. Yeah. So we make, can make a very small investment to get there. Cost us about $25 in fuel. About Actually, are you going to give me a ride down, or have I got to go down under my own steam? Ah, uh, yeah, you can hitchhike down with or me. Or you could get a ride with me, I suppose. Oh, you've only got a two-seater, though. Yeah. Oh, I've got an employee to take down. An employee? <laughs> get him educated. <laughs> get him excited and enthused about the industry I again. I thought he already was. He always seems enthusiastic. Oh, he's very... He's done a lot of things. He's done a few things. Mm. Um, so, gonna... Cedia, anything exciting at Cedia that's going to be released that you're aware of, or do we have to report from Cedia? I think we might this? have to report. I was going quickly through some of the uh, uh, brands that will be there, and um, uh, there's... I might go and have a look at some new remote controls that I haven't seen before, which look nice. All centred around iPads, or are they actually no, no handheld, yeah, remote controls. Really, yes. What brands? Um, Pro Control. Never heard of it. No, I haven't either. So, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, but they also have an iPad app too. So, of course they do. You can uh, pick and choose. You don't Mm. have to just have a handheld wand remote, or you can have your tablet remote. Hmm. Cool. We can have both. Yeah. Um. I, I suppose, has the industry stabilised for a second in some ways? We don't seem to have a lot of new things that are That's... absolutely, you know, game-changing in a way. I yeah. mean, we've had the remote control companies disappear off the face of the earth, perceived, they obviously perceived that they would be knocked off by iPad in due course or other tablets. Oh, you mean like Philips, those... Phillips, oh, well, Nevo sort of went Nevo. bust or something, didn't they, or whatever, I don't know. It's sort of funny, it really seems like we've come back in a big circle because, yes, there's the iPad application, but then there's still the people that want to have a handheld mm. hard-button remote or, in most cases, they don't want to leave their iPad on the coffee table because they'd take it to work with them or, mm. you know, you need some sort of remote left in the premises. Yeah, well, you know, an iPad isn't going to exactly break the bank, is it? No, but, but it's it's sort of a personal piece of equipment. People get attached to their little iPads and iPods. Could, and you could print a big label at the top actually, of it that says remote only, do not remove from I bet the you, table. And, and I, I'm not going to do this, but I'm, I bet you we go around at the show and count mm. how many people carry an iPad in their arm as they walk around. Mm. You, does that make them a wanker, do you think? Or not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Because they're a, attached to it. I saw a guy in um, JB the other day walking around with a um, with an iPad, and he looked like a sales rep, which is a look that's really hard for any normal person to to cultivate. You really have to live that that life of flitting from store to store, achieving yep. almost nothing all day, to get that look that a rep has. Yes. That valueless sort of, I don't really achieve anything ever look. 
Now, the reps that I have are all great guys. I'm talking about <laughs> reps that I don't know personally, all of the ones that are listening to this <clears throat> pathetic the, What you mean, talking, the travelling salesperson you're talking about? Uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily mean the more... The one who travels with a big truck full of gear, driving around trying to flog your leads or, I don't know, like, those guys almost finished anyhow. But no, more the the guy who works for a bigger company. Who, like I say, I was in JB, he was poncing around. He probably worked for a bloody DVD company or a CD company. Oh, okay, right? yeah, yeah. And he was obviously ordering stuff via his iPad, you know, he was wandering oh, around. Okay. And you see, I think, the chip companies and all that doing it as well. They wander in, you know, the, the rep wanders into the store and... Flips the magnetic cover back. How, oh, okay. how does magnets work, by the way, on what appears to be something made from aluminium? But anyhow, it's got magnets embedded in it or something. I don't get it. How does that work? Um, I was wondering that because the back's out. It has to be aluminium, hasn't it? It looks like the aluminium. back panel. There, either did, that or it's Chinese stainless steel, which tends to act as a pretty good magnet. Yes. Um, it it uh, so they flip. They write the order into their. Um, their iPad, but getting back to why they looked like a numbnut, it was, um, well, he really didn't, but it is a certain, there was a certain look of superiority on his face walking around with this thing in his hand. Device in his hand. Mm. Yeah, well. Which was partly because he's a sales rep, partly because he had an iPad, partly because he probably smokes cigarettes every seven minutes as well. <laughs> And he's one of the few people left on the planet that does. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he's, a, he's a brave man. He steps outside the box and smokes cigarettes. I think we're, we're swaying. We're with... Yes. Swaying? Straying. Straying. We did we mention... about Cedia. Oh, well, Cedia, did you download the uh, free app for Cedia so you can plot out what you which... Oh, yeah. I, I downloaded that as soon as it was out. I had bulletins come through on my... Uh, and I was right onto it because Cedia for me is something that... I thought you'd like that. The excitement level, really, it just bubbles through my veins. The day the date's released that it's going to be on, I spend the next 11 months building up, <laughs> getting juiced up about the possibilities well, I, I've I've planned one day. Which day were you going down? Oh, you're going for a whole day. <laughs> well, I was going to lob in around eleven and be out by quarter past twelve. But um, do you what? You take longer than that? I think so. All oh, right. Yeah. No, I'm going to go Wednesday, and I'm going to get to, I'm obviously going to slip down after the traffic because uh, for those not privy yeah. to the traffic between Sunshine Coast, Brisbane, and the Gold Coast, it's to be avoided. It's now turned into some kind of worse than Los Angeles scenario during peak hour. In other words, it never flows. It's the same as Sydney. And anyhow, I'm going to avoid that, lob okay. in around 11. Yes. And uh, ponce around and see what's going on. See if I can find something interesting to look at, which I'm sure I will. Yeah, and I'll look, we should go down with a bit of positive energy and oh, have a hunt around. See what we can find. See, like I new said, product. I'm gurgling with positive energy. Oh, that's on that note. We're hoping, and I'm, I'm sure Tony will will deliver. Mm. Um, we'll have the new HDMI Easy Locks. So are we swinging from Cedia. Well, we're going to bring them down in our pockets to Cedia, and <laughs> well, we have them by then. Well, Tony said so. So, oh, well, thanks, whatever Tony. Ta whatever Tony says, <laughs> I'm sure is right. Um, yeah, we should make sure that happens, and. Um, so that's the new model, isn't it? It's the, the new, new model. Sim simpler to fit. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see that. We'll re-review that when they arrive. We will. So we're going to sell those on eBay. I think that's a good starting Fourteen fourteen ninety five. Yeah, I think we're going to make them sixteen ninety five, including post or something. Is that right? That sounds about right. Or we'll do a deal on and ten you, or more. If you buy, yeah, if you buy a quantity, we'll we'll give you a discount of ten uh, percent. We're doing this on the fly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're about going to be about fifteen bucks plus nothing, you know. But they're a good thing. The, they're reusable, so you, you know. Mm. You're not um, wasting your money installing them and not using them, utilising them at a later date. Mm. No, they're, they're one of the few things I've seen. They're a bit like push-prong straight wire cabling systems. Yes. Great idea. No one seems to use them. Oh, you and me. I can put my hand <laughs> up. I use them. <laughs> I've sold a few to a few other people, but oh, I think they're great. Anyhow. Um We'll see how we go with the HDMI brackets, though, anyhow. Uh, any other AV news? So, Cedia's... What's the date, Cedia, by the way, for the people who are thinking and wanting to go who are in the trade? Oh, because it is, a tra- it is a trade Ten only, days uh, from today, trade only I think thing. that makes it the 9th, 10th and 11th. Yep. Ooh. Platinum. Oh, look, it's updating itself. Oh, have you opened the app? I've opened the app up to have a squeeze. Oh, it has a countdown timer on it, I suppose, doesn't it? Seven oh. days, five hours, forty-seven no. minutes. Oh, it does seconds. on the web page. Yeah, it does on the web page, but no, not on the app. That'd no. be make the app really exciting. You'd just look at it all day. Yeah, it's like the death clock. Do you oh. remember that when you, when the internet first started up? You could put your birth date in, and it would calculate your approximate death time. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, actually, I do remember that. I haven't yeah. seen that for years. I should I'm go and look sure, at that again. I'm sure there's multiple sites that'll work that out for you. I've yeah, bit... You're right. That was one of the early internet treats, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. yes. When will I die? Let me the, let the internet predict that for me. Yeah, of course, it's not really going to give you an accurate number because when it asks certain questions, like, you know, how many times a day do you do something or other? Smoke a cigarette. Oh, that's an example. Um <laughs> Smoke a cigarette. Or how many times do you write a... Oh, whatever. The point is, you're going to lie, aren't you? Yeah, it's because you feel How much alcohol do you drink on a weekly basis? Uh, One stubby, one six-pack, one carton, ten cartons. Well, the truthful answer is ten cartons, but I'll put one (laughs) six-pack. Well, we better get back to electronics, as I always seem to say. Um, You had other news? I don't have Oh, we still didn't give a date for Cedia. Yeah, it's... It's about ten days away. It is the ninth. It is the ninth. And 11th. Of May 2012. Yes. Starts been, at 9, finishes at 5, except for on Friday, finishes at 4. So Brisbane it's, Convention Centre. Yeah, so don't worry about back. parking, you just park underneath. Yes. So it's not an issue. At there. significant expense. Well, I don't think it's drastic. I think you might be up for $25. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I call that drastic. <laughs> I'm not sure. For a that. small little rectangle of concrete. Yeah. A well, day. Yeah. Mm. Semi-secure. semi <laughs> I don't know how. How is it possibly secure in any way? People just walking off the street. Pee, a... pee down your air intakes and walk off again. <laughs> Have you had that happen? Like, did it? No, not me. to me. Not, not to me. I've done it to a few other people. <laughs> no, nah, I'll tell you what, I've thought about it, though. There's a guy at the moment that parks his bloody truck at my unit's right halfway across the driveway. Well, he's going to wake up one morning and 
turn on his air conditioning and get a surprise, I'm sure of it eventually. Not saying I would do it, but someone might. Um, other electronic news? Um, no, nothing here. Nothing here. Um, wow's all packed up and gone. Sold everything, shut the shop, gone. True. Um, so there's a good shop premises up for at least <laughs> anyway. 26 buildings around the country that are available. Um, oh, I had a, I had a couple of uh, interesting, uh, interesting, inter- interesting uh, tidbits. Uh, but I have no idea what they are now. Just, um, I'm copying, uh, the contents of my NAS drive across to another NAS drive as we speak. Oh, yeah. You were hunting down another NAS drive, weren't you? Did you yeah, I have success there. I ended up getting an old model, uh, one terabyte Western Digital um, piece of junk, which seems I don't know. I'm sure it's fine. But all sorts of trouble, weird weirdness trying to get it found on the network. But anyway, it turned up eventually, and now I'm copying files from one to the other for personal use, of course. And um, but I'm taking. Well, I haven't got one at home. Anyhow. If you want to see how slow you can get files to copy, what you do is is you have your your laptop set up wirelessly on the network because oh. its Ethernet connection is buggered. Yes. And then, of course, you copy and paste the files across. 300 and something gig takes a long time. I came in this morning having done a few copy and paste yesterday. I sort of did the A's, the B's, the C's and most of the D's, and I thought, oh, I'll just do... M to Z, and then I'll, it'll all be done by the morning. And Sleep. I come in this morning, it's still got 97 minutes to go. Oh. It's been at it for 16 hours. It's so slow. So you think you'd be able to use, like, uh, maybe a backup program or something to get one drive to access the other one directly via the router rather than coming across the network through the Windows Uh, computer and back again but i can't get it to do it hey so anyone who's listening who knows there's a little you know knows a tricky piece of software that you can uh, install which of course you can't install on your pc you need something installed on the nas drive so that you can get you know one nas drive copied across to the other without dragging it across the network obviously if you plug into ethernet you know actually well there might be some some things of interest for you at cedia then how to copy the contents of one NAS drive well, to another? No, getting away from NAS drives, but you probably shoot this down. There's a there's some new cloud products I think will be at Cedia mm-hmm. for people who wish to put their data up into the. We haven't really talked about the cloud. Please explain the cloud. Oh, well, I'm not really 100 percent on the cloud, but it's some way of well, it's using someone else's servers to keep your data. But is cloud not just a fancy word for a web server? Yeah. <laughs> so when did a web server become a cloud? Well, when you a can cloud. Access, when you when you can access access it from any device that you own anywhere. I can access my web server from any device I own, can't I? But you can't access your with NAS, a web browser, right? But you can't access HTTP program. You can't access your NAS drive from anywhere, can you? Oh, I could set it up, so I could. Yeah, of yeah. course. Open up my bloody router to the world. I know they've got to come up with a new terminology every year. That the cloud. I could set up your own personal cloud, but it's that close to the ground. You'd probably call it something else, wouldn't you? You'd call it fog. Fog, or 
what's Google done? Have you seen Google Drive? I got really excited. I thought it was something to do with the automotive industry and Google, <laughs> and we could do something really exciting with Google in the car or something. Hmm. But it's just another way, another Dropbox. Hmm. Yeah, we've been using that a lot, hey? <laughs> um, the funny, but the, see, there's another thing, Dropbox. How much better is it than sending an email? Like having a common email, um, as yeah. we do with our yeah, inside-av.com. Dot. That's it, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> .org.co.uk.nz, but .sa.org. Um, so what's the, the proper address is... Um, I can't even remember what our email address is. What's oh, the show at yeah. Inside. Oh, so it's show. It's just yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. S-H-O-W. So, yes, yeah, so if anyone wants to contact us and get one of those name CDs that we're still trying to give away. <laughs> and thank you for the people who have added, added uh, a score on our iTunes list too. Thank you very much for that because it's mostly positive. I think someone put a negative one up. Did they? Yeah, bastards. Well, we'll hunt them down. Yeah, track them down. <laughs> We've got your IP address. Yeah, we have your IP address. Um, the uh, show address, your show at inside-av.com. But the point is I was making is that, okay, we then receive that on our Gmail account that we mutually read. Yeah, and um, you've got plenty of space in Gmail, haven't you? Yeah, tons of it. We're using less than 1% of it. So why can't you just, if you're working on a document, why can't you just bang it up on the Gmail yeah, I, I don't know. It's just another way for the internet to make money for more people, isn't it? The cloud, mm. another excuse to put something somewhere but, and I, charge for it. You know, the other thing that probably I didn't that the cloud also means, and I don't know why we're talking IT more than AV, but we were talking. Well, I'm thinking the main reason people might want to use the cloud is that your music and your photos on your. But could you really? 300 gigs worth of music on someone else's server, you can't easily access that. Look at how long it's taking me to get it from one to yeah. the other. I mean, do you even own it anymore? I mean, that's how, how short a step is that from a, from a Rhapsody-type service, really, that actually streams high-bit files? I don't know. Not much. It's not much, no. I mean, because you end up. So what do you end up with? You've got these web servers all over the world all storing the same bloody files multiple times. That's crazy. So anyone smart would actually bring that together and go, well, we... and do a sort of an iTunes thing and splatter the files left, right and centre. In other words, the thing's going, oh, well, we've... that files, we've already got that, so we don't need to upload that. We... Oh you know, yeah, we've yep. we've got that, and the and the CRC use everyone else's resources instead of you're not C, is it CRC, whatever you know the hex code sort of matching thing. So we know it's the same file. Oh, you yep. know what do you call it? Algorithm. Yeah, no, the, the checking. It is CRC, I think. God, I've forgotten more than I knew, or I don't know anything, and I've forgot it all, or whatever. But the point is, the system goes well. We've already got that file. No, I'm talking music here for a second. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, not, going, we're not going to keep it again. We're just going to create a link between oh, yeah. so it's your a database. Huge, huge database yeah. already. Yeah, there's a huge database, and your little allocation, your little membership has simply shortcuts to those files. That, and we could name that product Thundercloud. That'd be a good name. Wow. It's better than the cloud. It's Thundercloud. Yeah, all right, we're well, moving right along. Um, 
I think we'll have a break. We'll never break the last two podcasts. I think we're going to have a break because I've got some notes out the front and I'm going to go and get them. Okay, and we can play that groovy little tune. Yeah, I think I might change that tune. Oh, exciting. I might have a new tune. New tune. We're a break from the... Um, yeah, that tune is getting real old real fast. Okay, we'll be back soon. Back soon. Hello, Keith. Andrew, here we go. I want to have a quick thank you to Gary. I'm going to pronounce it wrong, so sorry, Gary, straight off the mark. Um, Gary Kondek. He lives in um, Elkhart, Indiana. That's an interesting place to live. It is. So just to thank you, Gary, for the uh, nice comments on the Facebook page. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, indeed, thank you, Gary. We don't often get nice comments. No. <laughs> That's a long way away. That's um, that's a part of America that one day I would like to visit just to see whether it's as good as, I mean, as bad, I mean, as good as everyone's. <laughs> I jumped on his uh, Facebook page and had a look, and Gary's got the beanie on, so it must be a colder part of the country. It is a very cold part of the country in winter. So, um, as most of the US is, actually, compared with most of Australia. I'm just eating some curry while we're talking. Mmm, it's good too. Oh, thank you. Mm. I can smell it. Mmm. Yep. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um, you had a problem with marketers. Oh, I just was... Give this an AV slant, Keith, if you could. An AV slant? Mmm, slant too. Or an electronic slant. Oh, no. As per what we're talking about. Just before the break or yeah. during the break? During the break. I was just talking about... Um, these marketing companies that keep popping their heads up that mm. are so-called experts on making you make more money mm. by marketing your business. Mm. And there seems to be a small handful of them around here. Mm. They keep poking their head out and they're pretty flashy and in your face so you, you don't miss them. But they don't actually do anything, do they? What do, what do they do? They give you a nice logo and a and a catch cry to go with it. And do they even design the logo, or do they just send that work out? Well, I was going to say we can just nail all them straight now. People go to Fiverr, get it done for five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> get your logo design, get your your call sign, or whatever catch cry. I mean, to go hungry, with. hungry Jacks are now getting their ads made by Fiverr. I mean, you know, it's uh, or Burger King as it's known outside of Australia. Um, so yeah. I, I, I think I calculated they probably spent $25 on that ad. Mm. <laughs> they must be rubbing their hands together. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, yeah, of course, Fiverr's a little bit extreme in the other direction. But, um, uh, yeah, you're right. These are these are sort of like the real estate agents of the marketing um, or the business world. Of where, the business world. Where they um, simply take a margin for... For, for organising, or the architects of the um, the business world, where they don't, well, architect actually does something. They design the overall thing, I suppose. But yes, does a marketer actually organise a marketing plan, and do they even necessarily make you more money? At least the architect will build you a house, yeah. which is what you've asked them to do. Will will a marketing company increase the size of your business, which is effectively what you're asked them to do, or get more heads in the door, if nothing else? But you made it, the reason why we're bringing it up, if people are wondering why we're talking about marketing on an audiovisual 
you know, high five quality podcast is that you made the comment about the tradespeople out there who actually do something. Yeah, where's you all? pay their money and they perform a service. Yeah, so this is all these businesses, not only the businesses that we're into fixing and supplying and installing audio and visual equipment. Um, there's all these companies that provide a service by physically doing something, giving you a product, installing a product, repairing yeah. a product. So the world now seems to involve, um, geez, that car is good. The world now seems to involve um, a large part of the business community is spinning around in circles, um, creating a need for itself in, in, in essence. Yeah, yeah. Which um, most small businesses don't need because it's, it's what you produce that speaks volumes. That's how you create a, a business that goes on. In fact, to bring it full circle in the AV thing, it's a bit local, these stories, but uh, it, it applies across the board. Mm-hmm. And we've said it before when we were talking about a couple of Brisbane installers that ran out of luck, but... But the um, uh, the, you know, the flash and pizzazz and the and the the stupid names like we had two AV businesses in this town, one called Fi. Oh, that's right. Yep. Which everyone Fi everyone yeah Fi everyone spent forever wondering what the business was called. No one realised it was called Fi. They thought it was called um, that hi-fi shop in Noosa. <laughs> no one really called it Fi outside of the trade. And then the other one, uh, Room AV, um, which was basically Room, all of the vans and things of which there were many buzzing around needlessly all around town, like sort of busy bees, all had Room written on them. Now, how the fuck are you supposed to know what Room does? Room could do anything. Fi could be, I don't know what, Fee Five, Five, Farm. I mean, I don't know. And... And 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 the, those both those businesses, of course, have, have gone now, as you would expect. But the the example that yeah, you know, the well, marketing they, companies, they they're all marketing called, guy bring that. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. These these are businesses that have almost been created by these marketing gurus who drive around in generally large four drives of unnecessarily large proportions uh, with paint uh, stickers, etc. Oh, it's called body wrap. Yeah, proclaiming, <laughs> and they've got proclaiming some service, but the name of the business gives no indication as to what the service might be. For so, instance, uh, first for a sake. <laughs> well, the, well, I don't know if it, it is and it isn't. I mean, they would cite examples such as Target, Meyer, Big W, Kmart. Yes, meaning perhaps with the slight exception of Kmart, meaning bugger all in relation to what they're. You know, um, but they've become obviously household names. And Walmart's perhaps a good example where you know it's it's a conjunction of two names yep. that means something to everyone uh, who's ever been to one and knows what one is, and even outside of that. But only because it's huge and well known. If you've got a small business that's not huge and well known and you want to make it huge and well-known, I think it's a hard way to go. Choose a business name that means nothing, like I used the example before of Zap or Triangle or um, Accent or Ascent or 
Aztec or oh, oh yeah. Phantom or or uh, Tangent or Parallelogram, just to stay with the geometrical. Uh, I mean, some or, or Parallel. I think that's one that's been used. And you go, well, well, what business are you in? They are oh, real estate agent. What Parallel real estate agent? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's it mean? <laughs> oh no, marketing guy came up with it. Or um. I, I, I'm doing work for one. Child of, mining services called Zap. Zap. <laughs> well, I'm doing real estate at the moment. It's um, G1. G1. Another, <laughs> another, another brilliant name. In fact, in, in, the, in the AV world, we've had our own little name change classic, Farnell Components. Oh, okay. Changed to Element 14. Oh, dear. <laughs> and what is Element 14? Farnell. <laughs> I mean, there's no difference. <laughs> Element 14. It's a mouthful for a start. I mean, it reads much better than it. it sounds like a nightclub now. Well, all these names sound like nightclubs. <laughs> I'm going out of Zap early in the early hours. Yeah. To get get down and do my wild thing or whatever. What do, you, what do you do at nightclubs? I don't know. It's been a while. I don't know. Anyhow, um, the point of the story is... Oh, we could add that to our... our didn't we find... do we have a, a rules on how to pick your tradesman? Yeah. We'll add that to the rules. If they've got a... Silly, stupid business name. Stupid names mm. that you don't know what they mean. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think um, it may be that they're off with the fairies. Yes. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of another good example, but I actually think the two the two that in our industry that that locally we know of, they are they're not around to talk about anymore anyhow. But they were classic examples of um, um, smoke and mirrors, wind and piss, mismanagement, crappy trade skills. Far better off getting the guy covered in grime in the messy workshop. He's obviously busy, and he actually is hands on and knows what he's doing. There endeth. Okay. The Our lesson. marketing tip for the day. Yeah, back to hi fi. Um, in wall speakers versus freestanding speakers. Okay. Do you have an opinion, Keith? I mean, you're an in wall fan. Um, you tell the in wall story while I. Uh, okay. While I eat some more curry. Um, well, I was going to. Well, we did mention it in the break a little bit, and now that I've thought about it, I find it hard to sell in wall speakers. In ceiling speakers, mm. uh, which are in the same sort of category, mm. uh, very easy to sell because they're not in your face sort of thing. I think you should you find them hard to sell. The in walls, I find hard to sell. Oh, yeah, I, I think in the last ten years, I've probably done three or four sets of in wall speakers. What? Three mm. or four sets? Or three or four movie rooms in within walls? Yeah. Um, Is that all? I mean, it's probably the right way to do it, but the in-ceiling speakers seem so popular. And actually, we'll probably confirm this at CDO. You'll probably find you'll be hard-pressed to find a rectangular in-wall speaker on display. Really? Yeah. Ceiling speakers are stupid. <laughs> See, popular, my mate. ears face forward, not up. True. And I put the screen on the wall, not on the ceiling. Yes, true. Surely you want the sound to come from the screen. You do. You mm. do. You really do want it down there at ear level, listening level. So, 
But it's just the way it is. I mean, it's just so popular. Because you don't see them because they're on the ceiling. Yeah, you don't notice them. They're not in your face. You get to hang your artwork instead of putting speakers on the wall. You look up the ceiling in your average house these days, it's littered with lights, speakers, air conditioning ducts, fire alarms, smoke alarms, yep. evacuation systems, sprinklers. It's a pretty busy spot. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot up there. Just, you just want that clean look on the walls now. We don't even have, like, keypads are, are not, not a high priority anymore, too, for your multi-room audio. Yeah, okay. Well, I think a wall speakers are shit, and I always have. And I'll tell you why. I mean, they serve a purpose, but, yeah, then... Uh, so you're going to tell us why they are a compromise? Oh, where do you want to start? Well, what about the in-wall speakers with the fully designed back box enclosure? Nah, it's bullshit. Okay. Cross that it's off. It's not really because they haven't tried to do the right thing, because that's part of the problem, is the lack of a correctly designed enclosure. But the other part of the problem is that the thing is jammed in the wall. Yep. And uh, you, you can't really predict how big that wall's going to be. Or how that wall's going to perform. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to have all, all sorts of nasty resonances. So there's there's a whole bunch of unpredictable issues there. And... Um, but the, probably the real thing, I mean, that's a, that's a huge issue and, and the lack of any proper um, base tuning due to a guesstimate as to what the, the base loading might be, you know, size of wall cavity, etc. what's in that wall cavity. But the other thing is that they're just cheap shit speakers. I mean, you know, they, they're, I am comparing apples with oranges here because I'm thinking of a pair of small, oh, I don't know, what's a brand that, uh, without being biased, oh, maybe Spender as an example, um, and, uh, you know, their small speakers are, of course, and their big speakers and their medium-sized speakers are, are exceptional. I don't okay, know if you well, knew that, but... <laughs> well, what's, what's... Oh, oh, you want me to talk about something technically, not actually read it out. Well, what's the price of a set of small... Oh, well, let's not worry about that. So the point is, <laughs> so that's, the point is that they are... Uh, you know, they, the smaller ones are, you know, perfectly formed little speakers that have had hundreds of hours lavished on their design and tweaking the, uh, you know, the design of the enclosure and the, uh, excuse me, the design of the drivers, the tuning of the crossover, etc., to get this very smooth and delicate, clean, distortion-free sound out of this box with the maximum amount of musicality and a minimal amount of um, fuzz and te technical correctness for the forsaking, um, you know, a, a pleasant tone there you go yes through an old good old word very tonal and um nimble speaker on the other hand is designed by a computer and assembled in in, in china using the bare minimum of quality components and then sold at the the dearest possible price that can possibly be gotten away with and, and as someone who's been using in speakers for more than 20 years i can tell you the quality has only got worse yeah, there was a time when they weren't they weren't really that bad because you could buy a thousand dollar pair of in walls and it was really a bloody good thousand dollar pair of speakers and it was going to be made well in the case of the ones I used they were made in America and they, they weren't bad. Okay, and that was Boston Acoustics back in the good old days, and uh, you know Boston originally originally they made little good little box speakers as well and now they just make shit, you know. Well, they've lost the plot here, haven't they? Oh, they lost the plot worldwide. I mean, Boston's just garbage these days. Um, it's just... It's like so many brands. It's, you know... It's just a shadow of its former self and the 
great products that built that reputation, you know. But so, yeah, it's more about quality than anything else. So, so to summarise, incorrect base loading, almost guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So poor base performance, tend to be one note and a bit boomy. Um, no predictability as far as um, as far as uh, uh, the resonance characteristics or the size of the infant baffle. So very hard to predict how the mid range is going to sound and sound, how it will be yes. affected by the wall you mounted in. Uh, and of course, there is an issue with um, mounting it in the wall, anyhow. But one could assume that it's, since it's an in-wall speaker, the designer would have designed the crossover to sound smooth with that boundary loading effect that you're getting by sinking it into an infinite baffle. Yes, because obviously you've got a wavelength issue as you get away from the driver. You're going to get reinforcement of certain frequencies or not. And there's a thing called a Oh, I've forgotten now what it's called. It's to do with the size of the baffle you put a driver in. But if you put a baffle, a driver in a baffle of a given size, it will have a drop-off of oh, 3 to 6 dB at some point relative to the half wavelength, the full wavelength, relative to the size of the baffle, blah, blah, blah. So if you put in a wall, you you, you increase that output at those lower frequencies. Okay. Yep. You need to counteract that in the crossover. So that's where you actually come unstuck. If someone says, oh, well, I'll take a pair of... Um, really good i'll take a pair of spenders and i'll flush them into the wall (laughs) well even if you were to mount them on the wall wouldn't you you've still got problems you still got problems you actually need to put them a distance from the wall that the designer had in mind when they balanced the speaker you know when they voiced the speaker when they decided on its final sort of tonal character they would have used it a certain distance from wall on a certain height stand and that's how it should in turn be used we won't go into it now, but I was. I just. I'll say this now, so we both remember it, and the audience remembers it, mm. because you did bring it up when we were doing the DAC reviews about the furniture that the equipment was sitting on. Mm. Um, I've never delved into the the purpose of good quality furniture for mm. your AV gear, but we'll leave that for another episode. Mm. But I just thought I'd let you know now. I'd mm. be interested to find out why you would go to the lengths or the trouble to put your equipment on purposely built gear and racks? Well, it depends what that gear is, isn't it? I mean, if it's a turntable, then there's obviously there's something in it, isn't there? Because you've got this mechanical, you know, transducing oh, yeah. yes. situation. Obvi- that's obvious, happening. but is there other reasons for... Uh, I'm not a huge believer. Okay. But what, I think... What about... I mean, what about... There's some it, value in having, obviously vibrations or resonances or whatever being sunk into the floor perhaps or absorbed okay. or not absorbed or whatever you because you know everyone there's stiff and light and speaker stands dead, then you know. as furniture uh, there's issues there there's stand okay where it matters i believe is speaker stands definitely matter not hugely but definitely matter they need to hold the speaker nice and still they need not they they can't possibly change that Talking about speaker baffle size, baffle for those people who are not um, overly au fait with loudspeaker design is the, is the front panel, the thing the drivers are mounted onto, which the size of that front panel and its quality and thickness and resonant characteristics have a direct effect on how the drivers perform. Perform, you know, I mean, you know, they're obviously moving and it's got to stop that movement and it's, you know, there's sound bouncing off it, diffraction, etc. There's all there's a million issues going on. 
obviously when you put the speaker on a stand, you well, you want to replicate what the designer used. You know, you want to use the same stand. So whatever he heard, you heard sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's not going to be a stand with a big flat, flat front panel, which in effect extends the front baffle size, you know, a foot or so below or, or two feet below. If it's a really small speaker on a tall stand, it's going to change the characteristics. It's going to increase lower frequencies. It's going to make the thing sound chesty and, and sort of bloated and, you know, not as agile and articulate in the mid and... Maybe that's a sound you like, in which case, you know, flush your speakers into a wall. <laughs> um, but uh, stands, speaker stands make a difference. Equipment stands do make a difference, but let's not get too caught up in it, okay. I, I think. Um, but a good stand looks good. I like the name light, the frame light. The frame heavy, the original version, is $6,000 for a small stand, and I think is overkill no matter whether you've got 100 grand's worth of componentry sitting on it or not. I think it's overkill. Um, you know, I, I, okay, I haven't done the comparison, so I'm not in a position to absolutely state that it's not six thousand bucks worth of difference. But man alive, what is six thousand bucks worth of difference? I mean, yeah, the bottom line is the frame light is two thousand bucks for you know the one we're looking at right there, and that uh, is a good looking stand, beautifully made, and and I'm, I've no doubt it won't make your stereo sound worse. Um, but turntables and speakers being transducers important yes. to have them. So you're you're really and you don't want the you don't want the feedback loop to occur. You know, obviously you're trying to avoid a speaker well, that's what I was going to vibrating say. the turntable. The, I mean, or for that the, matter, the amps. The goal of the the piece of furniture is to improve the isolation of the equipment from. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to muck around with it by yourself mm-hmm. and design or play with stuff, you could probably achieve something similar. Obviously, it'd be trial and error. But if you... Mm, yeah, but you can spend a lot of time building a cabinet. Cabinets are like bloody speaker stands. You could spend a, you could spend a week at the lathe and the and the saw and the yep. spray gun and the... My God, you could, you could burn up some serious time. If you have a look at that name stand there, I know the viewers can't see it. I'll put a picture on the... Um, the right or the left? The listeners. The right. Okay. The left is a quadraspire, which is a... Sort of a flimsy looking. Looks like an IKEA special. Yeah, actually, a bit of thought's gone into that though. It's got some fairly good non-resonant panels. Yeah, well, I apologise then. We'll have a look under the panels. You notice they're all routed out. Yep. To achieve a sort of a special pattern, which is supposed to help. But the name stand, they're all separate shelves, and and all those little stainless bits. I mean, you know, if you you'd be at the lathe for a week to make all of those for a start. Obviously, they're made on some kind of CNC lathe. And they will get knocked out in a matter of seconds. But, um, yeah, okay. the whole—I don't know. That's there's a lot of work in building that. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, two grand's a sensible price, I think. Um, but I, I mean, I really was trying to get at its purpose in life is to isolate the equipment from the rest of the. Well, back in the old days, you were definitely trying to isolate your your speakers from vibrating your floor, which in turn went up your cabinet and vibrated your turntable, yep. or for that matter, speakers directly via airborne vibration, you know, vibrating air particles, whatever you want to yep. call it, just simply was blowing on the turntable and creating a, you know, a feedback loop, which we've all heard, you know, with a, you know, the rumbly sort yes. of builds up as you turn the volume up. I mean, obviously that's not helping. 
Yeah, no, good furniture matters, but why, why did you bring that up? I, I'm not sure. Oh, I just I haven't really considered. I mean, we were talking about speakers and in walls, and then I was sort of extending from box speakers. If you go and mount a box speaker on a wall, you have sort of may as well put in-wall speakers in. So what do you do with a box speaker to keep it the way it's meant to be? You have to put it on something. Oh, well, this is what I do. If someone says to me, but I want it hidden away, I don't want to see it. Yes. Go, okay, all right. Well, I mean, that's obviously the kind of client you're up against. What I do, and I think it's a it's a compromise, but it's it gives a better result, is to use a small speaker and hide it in a cabinet, which sounds diabolical, and it sort of is. Oh, it's still a- better than using an in wall speaker. And and the trick to putting a speaker in a cabinet is to is to um, do it in such a way that you have the minimum amount of reaction or interaction with the cabinet. So you you fill the cavity with, you know, um, absorbent material, whatever, you know, Dacron, polyester, insulation, whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you wouldn't use fiberglass out in the open like that. And, uh, you know, if you've got a grill, a, a grill cloth frame that's part of the cabinet that's hiding yep. the speaker, yep. you make sure the speaker's at a sensible height, that it's not on the bloody floor. You make sure it's not on a loose-fitting shelf. You know, you... You blue tack the thing to the shelf. You put all the wool around it. You run decent cable. You, you take the original grill off, so it's not going through two grills. It's oh, just yeah. going through your extra one. Yep. You do all the common sense things, but if you put that wool in that that in that area around it, that will absorb the um, some of the base energy that's in the cabinet and stop the base from becoming all. So if I'm picturing this because right... Because we're talking about stuffing in a large quantity of wool. We, we are. Wool. Okay, oh, so, God, yeah. So you're talking about like a little bookshelf speaker, yeah. about 30 centimetres high, sits mm. on the shelf, and there might be another 30 centimetres around it. That's packed it all out with yeah, wool. Yeah, the problem with that is that you will get a bit of a suck out in the, um, in the mid-range. You actually want to size... There's a bit of a compromise here. Sizing the opening in the custom piece of furniture big enough to allow maybe a speaker upgrade or change in the life of the cabinet, because let's face it, the cabinet will last forever probably, Mm -hmm. and the speaker, well, if it's a spender, it'll last forever. But let's say you used a uh, hmm, speaker I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the point is uh, you, uh, you don't want that opening too big, what space is left, you shove wool in. It's a compromise because you've got other openings in the cabinet and, you know, it's... But, look, you've got that anyhow, you know. Like, you've put well, a speaker on a stand, it's... Yeah. Yeah, look, there's... The point, it, it's a bit of a stab in the dark, but I've had good success doing that. And let's face it, we are talking about doing that instead of an in-wall speaker. Yeah. And you're going to get a better result. And uh, this is particularly important with centre speakers. Now, I've done a fair few in-wall speakers for centre speakers, and... When I've really done it right and used a thousand odd dollar centre speaker, in wall centre speaker, mm-hmm. an LCR speaker perhaps, yep. specifically designed and a pretty, you know, and a decent product, and I've put some wool in behind there and I've made sure the jip rock's double laid or it's got a MDF backing or whatever I've, effort I've gone to to help reduce the resonance in the jip rock. Because I mean, obviously, screwing it into a standard bit of ten mil jip rock is just, a, just, it's just a flog. That's that's yep. not going to work. Um. Yeah, I've had some pretty good results. Where I've just put in-wall speakers, three matched ones across the front, and and, the, and those customers that are listening to this... and They want their money back. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, they haven't paid a lot of money. 
No. You, they, and they've, they've asked me to do it that way because they want it flush fitting and neat and tidy and it looks great. And I've done it for friends as well. And I mean, but the result is mediocre. It's, it's what I would call an adequate result. It looks good though. Mm. I mean, but that way you've just got a screen on the wall and nothing else. You've got three speakers across the front and a, and a TV screen. You know, you've got your wireless remote. It controls everything off in the office or somewhere. And, uh, yeah, it works really cool. But you, you've just, you know, you've, you've lowered. You've the achieved the look you, well, with, with the, sound. Dialogue intelligibility is suffering. So the way around that is is not an easy one, but but you know, having unfortunately a piece of intelligently designed, not necessarily full depth of furniture in, under the TV that you can hide a good speaker in is a far better solution if you actually care about oh, yeah. sound. Yep. and you wouldn't do it any other way. Okay. Well, that's clarified a fair bit. Yeah, well, I think I was trying to summarise before and say. There's a bunch of issues at hand, but... Um, so bottom line is, it's a, it's a compromise if you go in-wall, really. Oh, of course it is. It always was. But yeah. I, I like in-wall speakers in the sense of the way they look. But they have a purpose. In they have a purpose. But but you started off saying, oh, no one wants them. We, we put everything in the ceiling. And then I just throw up at that point. Yes. I just, I just, I just walk away. And anyone who says, no, nah, I want the speakers in the ceiling, I just do a 180. Because that's just stupid. And I'll keep well, saying that till I die. Oh, well. I've walked away from jobs over that. Have you? Hmm. It's just very... I've only cool. quoted it once, and that was because the whole wall of the building was glass, except for a little narrow area where the TV mounted. And I did quote in ceilings on that, but I did such a job of saying what a shit idea it was they didn't get me to do it anyhow. Oh. <laughs> Mind you, I also quoted very high-quality in-ceiling speakers with, you know... Not motorised, drop down midwoofers oh, or anything. No. But I did quote on ones that were very deep and had big angled baffles in them, which I thought was a reasonable compromise. And they were like thirteen hundred dollars each or something. And so they, the job was ten grand. And the guy said, "Mate, you, you're off with the fairies. I can get a mate to do it for uh, for twelve hundred bucks. Yes, I can get Wow to come out and do yeah, it. So oh, that's right. They're not be, around anymore. You'd be needing to get that mate to come out and do that for you because we're quoting on." We're not quoting on apples and oranges. We're quoting on uh, platinum and apples and <laughs> pumpkins or something. <laughs> so, um, should we have a break? Okay. I never really did summarise the in wall versus in. Well, what, we'll just summarise. Okay. In, in ceiling, from my point of view, is the sound is coming from the wrong place. Your ears do not face up, and if we're talking surround sound. Surround sound mixers are done with speakers mounted on walls, all right? So every time you hear a movie, the, the dubbing environment mm-hmm. where they mixed this multi-channel uh, soundtrack was done with speakers on walls. And we know what the industry standard speaker positioning is for a 7.1 and a 5.1 mix. Yep. So that's where the speakers were. You need to try to replicate that as closely as possible. As soon as you put speakers on the ceiling, you've just ruined any chance of replicating that, no matter what the marketing gump says. But if you're looking for a clean look on the walls, it's a, it's a compromise. There's still sound. In walls are better than in ceilings for that reason. Beyond that, yes. if you want to step it up to the next level, you need to look at freestanding speakers all the way around the room. But I don't mind in walls for rear speakers and use them quite a lot because, let's face it, you know, 
Yeah, well, they done. save a bit of space, don't yeah. they? And with modern-day equalisation built into processes, you can EQ the rear four speakers or two speakers pretty closely to the front three and get a pretty good result. Um, and if you want a, a clean look, then you nice, need a nice, smart piece of furniture at the front, hide the speakers in that. Yep. Alternatively, go the go the architectural, modern, slick look and get a real trick-looking pair of speakers, like a pair of, uh, oh, I don't know, Spender STs. Um, <laughs> or, you know, at the risk of uh, you know, advertising a brand that I don't import, um, yeah, BMW uh, 800 series look pretty cool, as do, um, you know, a pair of Martin Logans or... Yes. You know, a pair of Wilson Audios or, you know, whatever suits your decor. And then you've got great sound, plus you've got a cool-looking piece of, you know, industrial design in your room as well, you know. Um, well, that is a good trick, isn't it? Rather than trying to hide them all together, you may as well make them way. a feature. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, let's face it, you know, whether you, whether 800 Series is your cup of tea sound-wise or not, um, they are fantastic-looking speakers, as are Wilson's, as are... Uh, Focal uh, Utopia range and things like that, you know. But cheap speakers always look cheap. Boxes are boxes, and they're not they're not really that pretty. Mm. Uh, or you could just not care about your decor and just get your priorities right, and you know, buy a pair of decent floor standers. I know I've heard Spender's a good brand, and um, and you could just put those in there and not. Uh, I refuse. I'm not mentioning it again. Three episodes coming up without Have you any ever done- mention of Spender. No, well, I'm going to bring it up for you. Oh, yeah. Have you ever used Spender's in a home theatre environment? Yeah. Sound fantastic. Would do. The better the speaker, people say, oh, these speakers are specially designed for home theatre. Bullshit. <laughs> what that is code for is these speakers sound like crap on music, but on home theatre you can't tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. So, no, if you use nice, smooth, high-performance, you know, good dynamic range speakers that, you know, that that sound better on music, obviously it's going to sound better on home theatre. And we'll have a break on that note. Will we? Oh, just one quick thing yeah. before we go. Um, it's a little a trade secret. We haven't done a trade secret for ages. No, we haven't. This is my trade secret yeah. for setting up home theatres. Yeah. Set it up with a live recording of a concert mm-hmm. is a fantastic way to do it. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get it all right, if you can get to sound the way you think it should, as in... The person sings the same way. The drum kit sounds the same mm. as a drum kit. You're halfway there, more than halfway there. I must admit, when I, uh, I'm not entirely sure what you mean there when you say well, set up. You're a trying, home you're trying to set up a home theatre. You're trying to set up with special effects. You don't know what the special effects. The special re- effects. I don't use any special effects. Well, no. Well, you're trying to set up. A, a movie and yeah. it's got special effects in it and it's got, oh, it's got oh, talk, oh, oh. Yes, they're yes, talking yes, and carrying yes, on. Yes. It's pretty hard to set it up. You don't if, re- well, you have no idea what it really is meant to sound like. No, but if you set it up with a live recording of a concert, but shouldn't you just when you say set it up? Oh, look, hey, let's come back. We'll come back. We'll finish yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because that you got me now. All right, we're back in a back in a minute to, minute to discuss setting up home theatre, whatever the hell that means. Okay. Setting up home theatre. We're back. Um, yeah. So, what are you saying? You, you I know. I'm what just, what's your definition of setting up? Oh. You mean tweaking base, like subwoofer balance, or well, just testing your system, and you just think, does that sound right? And the best way to do that is to use something that is normal, not full of special effects and hmm. extras. Yeah, I'll go along with that. 
So it's just a little trick that I use. I mean, it's it's a bit the same as setting up your TV and you, you think, God, that colour's not quite right. You mm. really should use a studio shot of the, the newsreader and go, well, yes, yeah, she, she looks realistic, the background looks realistic. Mm. You're halfway there. Oh, yeah, there's no point putting um, some animated bollocks on it. I mean, how can you judge anything? So, yeah, if you want to test your sound system or your home theatre and you think, should that special effect sound like that, hmm. um, put a live concert on and and see what you think. You're right about using the newsreader as well because um, um, or, or some non-arty broadcast because many films, of course, have got pretty strong casts, colour casts or yeah. dirty-looking, you know, whatever for artistic, um, you know... Reasonings. Reasonings, yeah, yeah, so... Um, Okay, so we're t- yeah. Okay, so you're not talking about you, you set your levels and your distances or your delays and, mm. and and you tweak your EQ. What do you use the Xanadu or whatever it's called? Or Xanadu? What's or, that? Or, Odyssey? Oh, Odyssey. No, I don't use that. No, neither do I. Does anyone? No, I've got a collection of them. If anyone wants one, I've got a lot of microphones. <laughs> yeah. so it must be. I keep thinking I'll find some purpose for them. Yeah, I'll I've started throwing them out. Yeah. Um. I just had a flash while we're having a break. Um, I was playing with the Cambridge MP30 streamer, which I have put new firmware in, and I'm using the new app, which is called Stream Magic, I think, or something. It used to be called. Oh, U- we don't listen to a Cambridge product, not a name product. Yeah, Gee. and we weren't even using an outboard DAC. That was the analog outs. Okay. Sounded all right, didn't it? Sounded great. I thought we were looking for new intro tracks. Uh, no, although that wasn't bad. Hey, what I was playing there, you could probably use that. <laughs> Cut a little, little bit up. Yep. But, um... Uh... It had an issue. You oh, were... they... they I'd sold a few and they were a bit glitchy and I stopped selling them because I thought, well, you know, this is no good. They worked, but, you know, you'd go to use it the next day and it'd drop the network or something and, you know... See, that's working on wireless as well there right now. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, Okay through a couple of rooms worth of walls, so... And it's it just works perfectly. It's all fixed. So, newsflash, MP30, Cambridge Streamer, retail 699 from memory. Or was it 799? I think it's 699. And, um... It's all... It's, it now works as good as it should have... Sorry, the price, 799? I think it's 699. 699. I could check, I suppose. We could have another break and I could go to the computer and have a look, but, um... 699. Dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you think it was? Pound. I was thinking it was going to be 6,000 and something. It's Cambridge. <laughs> ah, the name streamer down the bottom there is three grand. Oh, so okay. It is quite a bit better and does a few more things. But the Cambridge is good, although the inbuilt DAC is, is, is frankly, you know. It, we, we, in it's our, mediocre. In our test, it was okay. No, you're confusing the DAC. The Cambridge DAC versus the MP30's analog output. Oh, okay. But you're right. The if you there's another product called the um, which we've mentioned this broadcast before. Stream. Stream Magic. Stream. Yeah. What's it called? It's eleven ninety nine. It's a it's a DAC Magic Plus and the MP30 streamer in one box from the Cambridge people using the same. Oh, okay. Same firmware and the same yeah app. There's a free app. Put on your eye product, and I had a feeling they were bringing an Android version of it as well. But 
it works really, 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 really well now. Before it was, and I got a mate around the corner who I sold one to, who's not been overly impressed with it since the day he got it. Um, and I said, "Hey, new uh, new firmware." In fact, I think he dropped in when the rep was here, because all my reps are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, "Oh, I've got the new firmware out." And I said, "Well, give that a twirl because it automatically downloads. It's, you press a few buttons and yep. it comes down. If you, yeah, obviously, if you have an internet connection, and." Um, Oh, it, um, it, it, yeah, it reported it was fixed. And he had trouble playing just from a USB stick. Oh, okay. So it wasn't even a network thing. He was having all sorts of difficulties, all fixed. His are fixed, mine are fixed, I think, on that basis. Fixed. Good, good product. Well, it was, it was a good product before, but it was... Uh, so it seems to be, seems to be cured, and um, I, I like well, it now that it works. I like thumbs it. up to Cambridge for fixing their... Issues. Well, you know, thumbs down and not fixing it before you release the thing. <laughs> but I mean, hey. You know. Well, everyone does it, don't they? Mm-hmm. Get it to market. Yep, find out what the problems are from the customers and then fix it. Well, you know, to some degree it's understandable. In this ever-changing modern world. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, what, what are we up to? Well, that's a quick product review. <laughs> it wasn't a product review. It was a news flash. A news flash. Oh, I think we're nearly we've finished an episode. Well, we've sat here for five hours trying to get something out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not not quite. Um. Oh, someone's knocking. Got a visitor. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll have a quick break. We'll be back. We'll see who's at the door. To wrap up episode sixteen, and yeah, it was Brett, the fabrication dude, at the door. So um, he's come in here to. Um, he looks like he's dressed to work. Uh, he does a bit, yeah. Yeah, well, sort of. So you got questions, Brett, about electronics? Not really, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we got excited. We had some live <laughs> content to the show. Yeah. If only we had yeah. a third microphone. The only yeah. question I would have is why do why, why do people make Rubbish when they could make proper stuff that works. Ooh, gee. Mm. Ooh. That's my question to the world. Because <laughs> uh, uh, stuff that doesn't work is cheap. And on that note... <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll be back with 17. 17? Soon. When are we going to get together again, Keith? Well, we've got... Sooner rather than later. Now that we're sort of back on schedule, yeah. And then we got so we got one more episode. And then we've got CD. And then we got CD. And then we'll we have episodes coming out of ears. Yeah, then. we will because we're going to interview all sorts of interesting folk. Yeah, I've got an interview with. Um, he doesn't know it yet, but from a guy in the UK. So he doesn't know it yet. No, he's going to be at CD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, futures, future systems, or something. The is his name of his company. Oh, okay. What does he do? Well, he runs that company. So I think he's an integrator of some sort. I'm, I don't know anything. I'll he find runs it. the company. And the company then, should I restate my question, does what? Well, I had a quick look on their web page and it's, it says coming soon, nearly on, on all of it, which I thought, oh, no. So his sort of main, main line is uh, vaporware. Yeah. 
Yes, and on that note, we will. We no, will I'm sure he's good. Pee off. We'll right, find well, out. It'll be very interesting. We're back in a few days. Thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs>